everybody, welcome to another Savage Gentleman podcast. We're here at the workshop of Grizzly Forge, run by none other than Lucas O'Hare. And man, really nice to be out here and hanging out. We've, uh, we've been having a, a pretty fun day. You can see some of the fruits of our labor, and by our, I mean Lucas's. I really didn't do a heck of a lot other than watch and- The and support was amazing. That's good. Um, really, I just stood there in awe, you know, of a, of a master craftsman at work. And um, man, really happy to have you on and, and- It's an absolute honor, man, and it's a pleasure. It's been a long time coming. It has been. Um, so for those of you guys who may not know, and if you don't, shame on you, that Lucas runs Grizzly Forge, um, making some beautiful knives, and you've been doing this for? So I've had the business for two years, and roughly like two years, five months, and uh, started blacksmithing exactly a year before that. That's crazy. So a little over three years now. Because my, my, my instinct was just be like, yeah, you've been doing this for the past 10, 15 years. I wish. It, it feels like when you watch you know, the process, and we put a little video together, you guys will be able to check out of kind of the making of this this new scalpel that's coming out. Um, when you watch and your understanding and, and your attention to detail, you're like, oh, this is a guy that's been doing this all his life. Uh, so it's it's crazy to, to know that. that you're you know, technically still kind of a novice at it, you know? Yeah, no, 100% novice. Like, that's one of the cool things about blacksmithing. It's very similar to, let's say, like jujitsu. You're never an expert. Sure. Like, there's always something new, something mm -hmm. coming out, and for me, I barely scratched the surface in this world, which is something I'm super, one of the things I love about it mm -hmm. is that there is no end. Yeah. It's just, and I'm just playing with knives right now. Like blacksmithing as a whole, there's a million different rabbit holes you can go down. So it's a pretty exciting thing. It's really cool. And to, to get to the level that you're at in that amount of time really shows, uh, you know, a, a proficiency you know what I mean? Like, were you really delving into this thing? You, you, obviously, you've had a um, a different career path, and we'll get into that. Uh, but to be making this in that amount of time, man, you really sold out to this thing. You've really fully committed to the point where you up and moved your family. Right? Yeah, now living in Salt Lake from Georgia, mm -hmm. and it was uh, yeah, burned uh, burned the ships and went all in on it, and uh, definitely was a rough uh, rough getting started, like any new business sure. is. Um, but I've been very blessed to have the support of like yourself and a lot of amazing people had a great community around me that when I fall, they were there to help me get mm -hmm. back up. And, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, very lucky to have such an awesome following that supports me and supports my work and makes it so that I can do what I love every single yeah. day. Well, I think that's a testament to it, to not only the skill that you're putting in, but like, you don't, you don't, <laughs> and I don't want to use the wrong term, but you don't develop the, the cult-like following. And I mean, and your people are, are ravenous. You know, it's amazing, it's, it's the coolest thing ever, but you don't do that by the product alone. There's there's something else there, right, where to me that that X factor is who you are as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what really appeals, and if you look at, you know, you follow your, what you're doing on social media and all these other things, you know, you see your interaction with your family and, and just your human interaction with other elders. Like, man, this is a cool dude. Like, I want to support this guy. I believe in, in, in him. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what drew me in was the initial stage was like, oh, man, Trevor mm -hmm. showed me one of the knives that you made. And I was like, fuck, that is a cool knife. 
And he's like, oh yeah, it's this guy Lucas, check out Grizzly Ford. And I go watch it and I'm like, man, this guy is cool. Like, I, not only the nice school, but what you're doing, what you stand for, what you're about is cool. Man, and y'all were one of the first, y'all supported me back, like, I think literally six months into making knives. Wow. So, I mean, I think that first batch I did for you guys, the original uh, Kodiak, uh -huh. I believe, I think I'd had my maker's mark for two months. No kidding. In the beginning then. So just that support is what really made it possible to do this. And I think that's a big <clears throat> thing that's missing. Um, we talked a little bit earlier as we were working on this, this idea of like networking and community, finding people with a similar mindset, right? That, that have you know similar values and ideas that we can feed off each other, right? We can push each other, we can support each other. Man, this is something that I think a lot of men, unfortunately, are lacking. Uh, it's one of the things that we're trying to do with Savage Gentlemen, with our league online and all these other um, outlets to, to, to build that community and find those people because, man, it's, it's hard to go it alone, yeah. you know? Well, and having, having that community is something that I see a massive shift the last two years especially mm -hmm. of people being like, okay, it's better to not do this alone. And when you have, I can't tell you how many times you and I have talked just on the phone, like, yep. oh my God, this is going on. I don't know what to do. And just having someone to bounce ideas off of and being like, hey, I'm not alone. I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. Literally the wall behind me that's decorated in my shop are all the businesses and the people that I look up to in life. Mm -hmm. So when I'm tired, when I've had a rough day, I want to go home. I look up here and this is my community. Totally, like, you look up these there. These are my people. Yeah, I that mean, are out there pushing as hard as I am, if not even harder. One of the things that's helpful is when you have these, you know, peers, but also role models, right? And you have that same um, level of respect. We're like, hey, we're on the same level, but also there's some aspects that I really respect out of you, and I want to aspire 100%. to. And you know, and you look up, and you're like, man, what would Evan do in this, or what would Bert do, or what would Andy, you know, whoever yeah. these guys are, right? Um, finding these guys. And, and yeah, sure, they're, they're pretty well known. Um, they've got large followings, they've got big companies. They don't have to be these, you know, quote, superstars, right? These guys exist just because they don't have an Instagram doesn't mean that there aren't dudes doing some amazing stuff yeah. that we can learn a lot from. So being able to find and identify and like, man, get, get these guys, get in their orbit, whatever that looks like, is really important. I think we, sometimes fail at that as men for whatever reason. I don't know if it's like the lone wolf mentality. Pride. Pri okay. I truly believe that a lot of it's pride of, I can do this on my own. Mm. I want to make all the money. I need to get mine. Yeah. And that doesn't work. It might work for a while. You might get that payday, mm -hmm. but it's not going to last. Yeah. To where if you start slow and you build that community, it's everyone supporting everyone. Yeah. Like I have a close relationship with literally direct competitors, mm -hmm. Josh Smith knives, half face blades, Montana knife company, uh -huh. like, and instead of going against each other, keeping our secrets really close, like, I don't want you to know about my knife drop, blah, blah, blah. It's, Hey, I don't have a drop coming out this week, but Montana knife company does. Yeah. So, Hey guys, sorry. You weren't able to snag one of my knives. Go check out my buddy. Go grab one of his blades. Man. And vice versa. Hey, we don't have something going on. Grizzly Forge has got something coming out. And the second you give up that mind mentality, yep. the success you will find by supporting each other is something that's, that's unbelievable. And I've learned that through Black Rifle, yeah. through Flag or Fail, Robin Daniel mm -hmm. and Bailey's company. Like yep. people giving you their secrets and saying, be a part of our family. And together we're unstoppable. 
and that, it, it's such a cool thing to witness. And I think in order to do that, there, you have to have some level of like confidence. I think people that operate in the scarcity mentality, right, where there's, there's not enough to go around, so I have to like scratch and claw and you know cut everyone out. Um, it really, that stems from a lack of belief in yourself, right? Like, you know, you're a very humble guy, but you know you make damn good knives, right? And so when you're in that, when you're in that space, then you don't have to worry about, oh no, but what if they sell more knives than me? You understand that, like, man, there's a lot of people in the world, you know. Yeah. There's gonna, there's plenty of pie to go around. And that's, I think that really differentiates people who are moderately successful and they do okay from the ones who are doing really, really well. And we look at some of these, you know, um, some of these banners and some of these people that, that you work with, we can see a high level of su success because they have that mentality. And a lot of it too is like when someone, especially for me, when someone stuck their neck out for me, and you know this personally because y'all were the first people to support me. When you came to me or like, hey, let's do this, I'll clear my whole schedule because I will never forget how I got to where I'm at. And I feel like that, it's not just people helping like the Burt Sorensen and these people, they could easily give me some advice, sure. but it's that true caring about mm -hmm. it. Not just, hey, here's a little tidbit, be on your way. And then through that, a real and true loyalty is born. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm not gonna forget and I'm gonna do my part to get back to where you say, hey, let's do a cool little knife drop. And for me, it's like, done, let's match sure. up. And now that I have a demand, I easily could have said, Josh, this is gonna cut into my money. I can't really take the time to make 20 knives, I'm sorry. Yep. I won't ever forget that. Right. So it's, yeah, done, drop it. Same with Evan, same with yep. all these other companies. It's really important to make that distinction. You know, We can easily get caught up in an effort to find these communities and find these people and we sometimes don't recognize who our actual real friends are and and it can be tough you know what I mean where it's like we've got a relationship you've been to my house you, you know we've broken bread together you've given presents to my kids you know what I mean yeah. they still ask about it. they're like hey uh, Lucas you know they, they, they remember this stuff and so there's a relationship there and I think a lot of times in business, we can we can misinterpret 100% situations, right? And put too many eggs in the basket, or we can be too fearful. I, I know a lot of folks that live in this space where they've been burned before, and so they don't trust anybody. And again, it's this, I'm out for me, fuck everyone else, you know, I don't care, I'll burn everything to the ground as long as my thing is standing. And it's like, man, you light enough fires and it consumes everything. Well, I think that's the difference between partnerships and community. Mm. Like community, we are a community. We're a family, a tribe raises a family. It's yeah. not just, oh, it's me, it's everybody around. Mm -hmm. I know, for instance, when I bring my children here, there's not one person here that wouldn't die for them. Yep. Like it's that community. Yeah. Instead of, oh, hey, business partnership, Here's a, let's run the numbers. I'm yep. doing this X, X, cool things. Have a good day. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, it's not personal. It's business in our world. It's all personal. Yeah. In my, that's what I look for mm -hmm. is personal, is family, is tribe. Cause once you have a true relationship with people, you actually care about the product. You care about what's coming out of it. And people see that and in a yeah. world of not a lot of honesty and yep. open anymore. I think that's where we're going to start making a change in this day and age of actually caring about your next door neighbor, caring and, about your brother. And I think that there's, 
hopefully there's a shift going on, right, where we're getting away from that, you know, dog-eat-dog, cutthroat corporate world. People are starting to recognize, like, man, this isn't the only way we can do things. And in fact, it's not the ideal or best way. I think that there's, there's some intangibles where, okay, maybe right off the bat, the numbers don't really make sense. Like I, I know for a fact, if you were to sit down and crunch the numbers on, on this project, man, it is certainly not the most lucrative use of your time, right? But there's, there's some intangibles there that I think hopefully the sum will be greater than the parts. And, and running from that, it's, it, running from that mindset with business. And again, we see it in a lot of these, these other people, you know, I, I don't consider myself a, a super high speed business guru guy. Yeah. And I, you probably don't put yourself in that category. <laughs> no, either, <laughs> not even close, but watching the way that, that these other guys who have kind of come before us operate, that's one of the bit been, been one of the big takeaways for me of like, okay, man, it doesn't have to be this way. It can, but I don't want to. I don't want to go that route. I'd much rather exist in this world and be more relational. Yep. Um, I think you get a lot farther. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we mentioned briefly. You've got a military background. Mm -hmm. You're in the army for eight years. Eight years. Okay. Did some cool stuff. Um, saw some things. You know. Uh, would you consider it a pretty typical army experience? Yeah, pretty, uh, nothing too crazy. Um, was in eight years, was a sniper six years out of those eight. Okay. Um, did three deployments overseas, nothing super extremely high speed or anything right. like that. Just a lot of a learning experience mm -hmm. growing up. I come from a very sheltered background. Okay. Uh, homeschooled, one of six kids, um, wow. was raised incredibly religious. So getting into the military for me was, very big eye opener because it was my first time being in the real world. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, man, you just got thrust into the deep end. Hard, like Ooh. thrust really. How hard. how much of a shock was that to your system? It was a lot. On top of when I joined the military, I was incredibly underweight. I was okay. six six and one hundred and forty five pounds when no I joined, way. and I had to gain twenty pounds in basic before I was even allowed to graduate. I um do, so perspective here. I'm five foot seven. And at my lowest, my lowest competition weight is 145, and I look like death. Yeah. You could count every rib, oh everything. My like, at my weight, I'm 275 right now. Yeah. And, and I'm that's still a not a big dude. Yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, I mean, healthy. I'd like to get down to about 250. Is that where you want yeah, to be? Yeah, we're, okay. we're bringing it back down. Right. Um, I broke my back last year, so this whole year essentially has been off. I actually start my therapy for recovery on... Today, actually, oh, my first okay. office appointment, that's what my doctor's nice. appointment's for. Um, but yeah, so military was hard because I was already, I was already pointed out from day one mm. because I had to gain weight. So I was the first one in the chow line, sat down, had the whole time to eat cheeseburgers, ice cream, cake. Like I was force fed everything you're not allowed to sure. eat basic. And where I'm getting 30 minutes to eat, guys are getting rushed and pushed out. Uh, so I'm the first one in, everybody goes through, and I'm the last one out. Mm -hmm. To make it worse, a lot of times you get smoked and a little scuffed up right after lunch and or breakfast or whatever the meal is. I was throwing up all my food right away. So now I have to carry a chair with me, set it up in the corner, and while everybody else is getting smoked, I was allowed to get smoked for an hour, hour and a half after every meal because I had to digest my food, because I had to wow. gain weight. 
So wasn't the favorite person for mm -hmm. essentially everybody in basic training. Sure, yeah, that creates some tension. Found it annoying. Yeah. Soldiers thought I was getting special treatment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basic started off rough for me, and then uh, go straight into unit, airborne, uh, went through rip, and then uh, yeah, get straight into my unit, and it's still like, oh yeah, I'm a soldier now, and then oh no, this is now I've got to learn about life because mm -hmm. I was incredibly sheltered growing yeah. up. Um, luckily the military was there and, uh, they were able to safely introduce me to the okay. real world yeah. to where a lot of people in my community that I grew up in, when they got out on their own, they went way off the deep end sure. because they just didn't know anything about anything. And for me, I had a very structured way to drink for the first time, gotcha. to, you know, experience life mm -hmm. for the first time. Well, and you had, you know, you had battle buddies, you had a team yeah. to kind of look over you versus this you know, very sheltered, very controlled, very naive life, you know, naive with, with a lot of, with with a, you know, it, everything is, is fairly well dictated, I'm assuming, to then, okay, boom, maximum freedom. And, and, and I saw this a lot in college, guys who, you know, uh, especially in wrestling where their parents got them in very early and every, you know, they controlled every aspect of it. And then all of a sudden they, they step into, you know, this, this collegiate thing where there's no real... There's no one babysitting you every second of every yep. day. And these guys would just go ham and they'd funk out in like in, in the first semester. Exactly. You know, so that, I mean, that, that seems like that's a, was a good pathway. Um, how, so, I mean, that was a big transition from one to the other. Yeah. Right. Huge. And then obviously going through that, that became, I mean, for eight years, that's a significant portion of your life. I mean, yeah. at that time, by the, I'm guessing by the time you got out, that's a third of your life you have dedicated to this thing and now and adulthood because i joined when i was 18. okay so yeah, it yeah. was like literally becoming a man yeah i lost i lost my father when i was 13 to a drunk driver and then just had my mom and there are a lot of things that i got i missed out on not having that with. sure um so getting into the military at such a young age i grew up really fast i'd yeah. already grown up a lot from losing my father because mm -hmm. i'm the second oldest of six children so got kind of rushed in that and then get in the military and now it's like, oh, hey, we're deploying and I'm still not even 20 years old yet. So growing up through all that, it was really good. I'm really glad I had that. Mm -hmm. I don't know where my life would have gone if I hadn't have got introduced to the world without having that big brother. Sure. And yep. the first, I think right under seven years is when I got out of active okay. and then I finished out my time for my eight year contract. I yep. finished out the time in the guard. So how, how difficult with that being such a substantial amount of your life, you know, going back to the civilian sector, hard. I imagine, I mean, you know, so, I mean, the transition in was really hard. It seems like the transition out would have been even more difficult. Especially going in at such a young age and essentially like not knowing how to do my taxes, not like literally trying to figure out how to set up an eye exam or a dental appointment. Mm -hmm. Like I had never done any of those things before because every single thing in my life was laid out you sure. get paid exactly on this day the exact same amount i know everything everything's yeah. scheduled mm -hmm. so getting out of that and losing that structure on top of the camaraderie and the brotherhood sure, sure. was quite difficult and luckily i went to a really awesome i went to a LURS unit when i got out of the army mm -hmm. and they were super high speed and amazing but the thing that i was struggling with was balancing civilian life with military sure so, and that's what made me finally go ahead and get out of everything is because 
I'm an all-in kind of person. Yep. Like I have to go all-in. Mm -hmm. I can't just have one toe in here, one toe in there. Yeah. So when I got out of that, it was just trying to find my calling, my passion. Yep. Like what's next? And I know for a, and, and I know that you spent some time in like private security and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Was that the next step before, or were you so, also dabbling in? The next step when I got out was to become a police officer. So okay. it was like I want to be a cop, okay. but had a. How do I put this? It wasn't a great experience trying to get into that world. Um, I failed my first psyche valve when I got out just because I didn't understand how to do them. Like mm. I was almost too honest sure. through that. Hey, and then, you can't tell people that. <laughs> yeah, and it was out of like literally just being naive mm -hmm. and not understanding how to work that system. Mm -hmm. And it really hurt when you fail that to look around at the other people that were in my class going out and yeah. being like, Really? And it was more of like a, okay, fuck you, you don't even deserve it. Right. And it put a really bad taste in my mouth, especially with the climate where it was going, like seeing the caliber of police going in, mm -hmm. knowing that I personally thought that I would be able to bring in- You could do so much better. Help out um, in that world. Yep. And it's where my heart's always been. I've always, since I was a child, I've always been a protector. Yeah. And not in the sense of big, tough guy, I'll fuck you up. Like just protector in a sense of not just security, but seeing somebody in need, seeing someone fall mm -hmm. over, seeing someone on the side of the road that needs help. Yep. I can't not not stop. Sure. Like I just, I don't know. And I put myself in really bad situations where I probably should have ignored it and kept going, but because I helped put myself in a situation probably shouldn't have been in. Mm -hmm. But again, I can't turn it off. Sure. I can't not, I can't pull my phone out and just video it. Like, World star. Yeah, it's just not who yeah. I am. So when the police thing fell through, it was, I think I had close to 30 jobs in my first year and a half, two years okay. of just, I couldn't find something just I like. trying to figure it out. And I couldn't find people that I felt were at my caliber of work, mm -hmm. especially in the security realm. Because I got out and started literally the base, the bottom. Like I've worked for just about every security company in Atlanta and the caliber of people that I was working with didn't take their job seriously. And that like really irritated mm -hmm. me and I just didn't mesh well with so started in nightclub or bars, worked my way up, got into private security and was very blessed to have some friends that are very affluent bodyguards in Atlanta mm -hmm. and got, in take, uh, got taken under one of my buddy's wings and introduced me to a whole bunch of really awesome clients. And then I got into bodyguarding and did that off and on for four and a half, five years on top of contracting overseas. Yep. And we, we, we won't name drop here, but Man, you've got to hang out with some really cool people. I've been very blessed to be able to pick my clients and yeah. be able to work. So for me, it's not just getting assigned someone like, I need to work with people I know that will listen to me because mm -hmm. it's not about, I never wanted to catch a bullet for someone. Sure. I wanted to get my client out of a situation before it even got to yep. that point. And if you don't want to listen to me, then I'm just going to be this massive dude who grabs you, runs out, and I'm getting shot in the back totally. because of whatever's happening. And Atlanta is a little bit touch and go mm -hmm. with security. Get a little. Um, it can get a little dicey at times, but yeah, I was really blessed to have some unbelievable clients, and I loved every second of that. But once I found out that we were going to have our first child, mm. I watched so many of my friends miss out on their kids' entire lives. Yeah. In military, contracting, bodyguarding, that whole world. Mm -hmm. And I swore I would never be that. Because I was very blessed to have such an awesome father who really gave a shit about us. Yeah. Wasn't into sports, wasn't into any of that. He always said that we were his sport. 
and we would camp every weekend and spend time with him in the outdoors and all that. And even losing him at 13, it made such an impact on my life that kind of guided me to be the kind of father I wanted. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it shows, you know what I mean? Like the intentionality that you have with, with, with your little ones is really cool. It's really fun to watch where, you know, you're taking them. I mean, they, any kind of outing now is like, it's an adventure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's their like number one favorite you get thing. excited about Yeah, it. And, and man, that's, it's such a cool and important role um, that, man, sometimes I don't, sadly people don't take it as serious as they should. And I think that's where it's important for us as dads. Like, hey man, you have a massive responsibility. Well, I think it's the problem with where we are now. Mm -hmm. Once technology came out, parents got lazy. Sure. And I feel like one of the issues that's going on in this society right now is that the generation of technology, it wasn't around when I was a kid. Right. Like cell phones were just coming out. I remember my parents giving me their beeper and I'm only 33 years old. Yeah. But I remember carrying a pager around. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my first cell phone until I joined the army. They were out, but I didn't get one. Sure. And I feel like a lot of parents nowadays are, here's the tablet, sit down, don't talk, get away. Yeah. And they get raised by media, by mm -hmm. Instagram, by Facebook, which both of us know is not the greatest way to learn. Sure. I don't even like being on social media. Yeah. No, I think it does something to you psychologically. And, and I can see it just in our kids because as much as I'd love to have zero technology and involvement, there's some practicality, especially working from home yeah. and, and, and doing a lot of different things where it's like, hey, sometimes there needs to be this, this thing to occupy them when I, when I can't. In a perfect world. Yeah, I mean, and, and this isn't like, you know, to, to try and mud suck, yeah. you know, anybody who uses technology in any point with it, you're like, oh, but you you've know. got to find that happy, that happy medium totally. and that part of being a part of their life. Well, and, and we can tell, like there is, there is a, a, a limit Right, and once we exceed that, man, they just they go all to shit. You know what I mean? Like, like okay, the twenty minutes, you know, twenty minutes stint, not a problem. But you start creeping up into thirty minutes and start prying that thing away, and they turn into little monsters. And so I think you know it's important for for us as parents to have some sensitivity and pay attention. You know, as opposed to just writing it off like ah, oh, they're just kids, they're just going through a phase or whatever. It's like well. Maybe, but also, what am I doing to steer them in this or steer them out of this? I think that's really important, and uh, sometimes that's hard to do if we can't do for someone else and our kids. We yep. can't do that in ourselves. If we can't be attentive to ourselves and where our yep. mental state is, um, and I saw you do this. It was really, it was really cool. So we got there was kind of a high stress thing in making this, and I took for granted just how complex making a I'll use air quote a simple blade can be but you were explaining to me on that grinder like this is a really delicate process um, that if you mess it up it well that's how I got into it was that focus so back to quick contracting everything have my first daughter because I would rather give up money I see so many people especially fathers who are like I, 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 they don't see their children, they're not around because they're working so mm -hmm. hard. And in their minds, they justify it as, well, I'm giving them a great, I'm giving them a great future. I'm building their future. Like, I'm, I'm building this for them. Mm -hmm. I grew up not wealthy, I grew up poor. Not poor in a sense of we didn't know what we were gonna eat for dinner, but I didn't have my own bedroom until I picked up rank in the military. Mm -hmm. That was my first time I ever had my own room. I wouldn't give up any of that because of having my father around. Yeah. Like, getting that from him 
And so I turned down the money, I gave up contracting, I gave up bodyguarding because I wanted to be a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't give a fuck about money. I truly don't. I'm very blessed to make what I do now and it's more than I ever thought I would make. So I'm content and I'm happy with that. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna grow, I don't wanna get crazy big or sure. anything like that. So I knew that, I knew I wanted to be around, but obviously I still have to make a living. Sure. So went to school for welding, used my GI Bill, went mm -hmm. to a trade school. Mm -hmm. um, and while I was in that, I think it was the first month of school, I was in night school. So I was hanging out with our daughters during the day, or our first daughter, while my wife was at work. And I saw a little article for a class, blacksmithing class at Goat Hammer in Atlanta. And it was 120 bucks and you take a railroad spike and make a knife out of it. And I was like, I'm done to try new things. Yeah. And when I did it, back to what you were saying about the focus, it was the first time that, and you and I are very similar in this, where our brains are just nonstop. Yes. We're squirts uh -huh. and it's like overwhelming. No, I, I totally know what you're talking about because this idea of, of focus, right? It's, it's very similar to the way I fell into fighting. Right, immediately stepping into the gym, seeing what this was, it, it, it tapped into something that you know I didn't really have anywhere else, and and so it, it kind of gave me that outlet that I needed because, like you're saying, I mean, we're squirrels and, and we see things shining, we get pulled in all directions, um, we forget things easily, all of these things where we need that, that catalyst, that thing that we can really pour all of our energy into and so you know for me it's been fighting for you it's making knives okay so this is the part in the middle of the podcast where josh screwed up and the camera shit the bed because he didn't format the card correctly so there's going to be a weird transition quite possibly between the first half and the second half sorry but Enjoy. it is life and this is how we do it there you go we're gonna have to do that again that's okay. did we now I can't remember because I don't want to just skip into another topic and it's like because we were telling a story forging did I already cover like because I talked about blacksmithing getting into the the welding mm -hmm. then yep. we got all that so I'd already done that after before the forging I think so see I don't think I talked anything about how the business started was that after that no, um yeah that was after that where you where you started getting into like, hey, I was doing this for fun. Um, you know, it wasn't really set out to be then I went into the business, letting it go, Sydney helping me, not doing that. Is that all what we lost? Yeah, yeah, so that, that was unfortunately that. So do I, so I have to go back to, this is so starting the story back up of how I got into it and then do I have to tell the part of when it turned into a business? when it started, because I can't remember if we did that before or after. I don't remember either. I think, so what, what I think is really important is what I'm trying to convey with this, and this will be an interesting, I don't know if this will make like a behind the scenes kind yeah. of a thing where it's like, hey, we fucked up because Josh doesn't know welcome, how to run a computer. Welcome to life. Welcome to life. And you know, now we're trying to, and this is the tricky part if this makes a cut, Man, when you have these conversations, you, you start getting into some really 
good stuff. Well, and it shows that it's not scripted. It's not scripted it's literally at all. Just two and, guys and then talking. trying to recreate that is next to impossible. Like sometimes I almost don't want to even turn the camera on and record. I just want to have a conversation because when you have to worry about all this technology bullshit. It, it takes away from it. Like I'm constantly like, man, do I need to go check this camera? Yep. You know what I mean? And so it distracts you. And I think this is, it's part of the process where we've got to learn to navigate through. But man, sometimes there's some magic that happens yeah. and I can either kick myself in the dick because I fucked up the camera and we lost a thing. Or it's like, you know what, man? We had a cool conversation and that part is for me. Oh, and we'll have that. You know what I mean? Like, like whatever, whatever that was. And you know, unfortunately, no one else will get to experience it, but at least you and I yeah. had that. And I think, you know, we need to, maybe not in a business sense, I don't recommend doing this for your podcast business. <laughs> but in, in everyday life, man, we're so caught up in wanting to capture every fucking moment so and put it on social real. media instead of just actually doing it. You know what I mean? Like, like just being there, being present and, you know, kind of bringing back full circle hopefully and catching back up where we left off this idea of what blacksmithing allows you to do what fighting allows me to do is to be present where I'm not projecting to the future I'm not thinking oh man what am I going to do tomorrow or you know oh man that really sucked shit yesterday and, and then having someone come up to you and say oh hey by the way you're going to get money for this too yeah, and that's where it changes everything to where oh holy cow like my passion for this mm -hmm. bleeds through so much that now somebody wants to pay me for it. Yeah, and that sacrifice that we were talking about that those long hours the stuff that people don't see mm -hmm. the struggle the strife the power getting turned off like my goal is to share all that and again back to the community let everybody know that when you see somebody next to you on your parallel struggling you're like dude me too like i did that too you got this like, yeah i think we take for granted how powerful those little words are right and i think it's it's our own like insecurity again and maybe self-consciousness we're like uh, i don't want to be i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that weirdo but i don't know how many times where i've been in a, in a, in a tough spot and someone just shot me a message and your, or an email or whatever and about this thing that Savage Gentleman, what, what this message has done for them. They're like, hey man, just wanna let you know, love what you guys are doing. I mean, your, your apprentice came in. He's like, what, you? I mean, the fact that he had heard of my company, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's really cool, man. And it, it, you would be silly to deny that that, or foolish to, to deny that, that those feelings, right? And so you don't, man, you can really be that person for someone else and it's powerful and I think we shouldn't um, hesitate. If you feel compelled to tell somebody, for whatever reason, you just like, you think in your head, holy shit, that's awesome. Fucking say it, man, life's too short. And whether that's online, digitally, whether that's in person, like man, I, I people might think that I really just, you know, go, go through the world sucking people off because I say a lot of compliments, but I truly, mean them. Well, that's it. And it's a good way to be. The first thing I do when I see you is hug you. The last mm -hmm. thing I do when you leave is say, I love you, brother. You know, I'll see you soon. Yeah. And it's getting, again, the big, tough, macho man, like, hey, man, it's a pleasure. Like, uh, dads used to just shake hands yeah, and totally. walk away. It shifted now to actually supporting, actually. And 
something that I have done, I always want to be the lowest man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. The second I'm the most popular, the most famous, the most bit in the room, mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong. You need to find a new room. I need That's to the find thing. It's not, it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong. It's just like, hey man, you've outgrown that room. And if the goal is to continue to get better, Right, which to me, that's kind of the whole point of this thing we call life is is to like, man, figure out and find and pursue. And there's nothing wrong about that. Something mm-hmm. that was hard for me is, especially in the early days here, my friends are you too good for me now, or oh, you don't want to come to the bar, you blah, and it's like, no, I just don't want to be hungover for two days anymore because I have a business. And how dare you? And growing in life, there's nothing wrong with growth. I see so many people that get stuck doing the same shit every day, staying out with the same people, and just me picking up my family and moving to Utah melted the minds of half my friends in Georgia. Like, you're not scared, you don't wanna know. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm scared. But I am terrified, mm-hmm. but we're gonna do it. Because yep. if it fails, what, I, I move back next year? Like, oh no, like, you do it, like take yeah. a risk. And surround yourself with those people that push you to be better. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier um, pride. Pride being something that gets in people's way for different, and that's one of it is like that fear of failure because you're so proudful that you can't, the thought of admitting to something that you failed, right, is too much to bear. And so you never try. You never commit to anything, you never pursue anything because your pride won't allow you to have to look at it in an honest way and say, hey man, I did my absolute best and I still came up short. And, and something I tell a lot of people, a lot of people ask me how I have the quote unquote balls to do the things I've done or picked up my family or go all in on this is because I am one of the biggest failures. Mm. Like we haven't covered a ton about my personal life, but I have failed in almost everything I have ever done. And when you are okay with failure or when it happens so much that you get used to it, you just don't care. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like you said earlier, this happened, it's how you get back up. And I know yeah. that's such a cliche, but it's so true. Like for me, it's not when I broke my back. It's not those things of like, oh, my life's ruined. It's okay, well, how do I make the best of this? Yep. And I've seen, I've had so much failure that I can look back and say, ooh, if this hadn't happened, I, this wouldn't happen. If I hadn't broken my back, if I hadn't have lost my first wife, mm-hmm. if all of these things hadn't have happened, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Yeah. So I'm all about some failure. Like I'll jump in, I'll make mistakes left and right, but the difference is I don't want to be that person that keeps shoving that fork in the electrical socket. Yeah. That's the problem mm-hmm. when you keep doing that. Yep. Instead of like, ow, I don't want to do that again. I have to fail. That's who I am. Uh, case in point, I mean, catastrophic failure. Like who the fuck flies all the way across the country with the explicit, I mean, we had planning this for a for long a time, right? This is not just a off the cuff, fly by the seat of their pants to report, record this podcast. And I totally shit the bed by not formatting my SD card prior to and having enough space on this and not doing the things, checking the list. It's like, oh, let's just hurry up and get it done. And well, guess what? You fuck up and you make mistakes and you pay the price. And so here we are. And it could have been really easy. And I contemplated, I was like, you know what? Just pack it in. Yeah. There's nothing more we're going to gain to this. It'll be a, you know, a 20 minute podcast and I'll just have to apologize. Or I can sit there, I can fucking suck it up. I can, you know, kind of tuck my tail and be a little embarrassed for being a schmuck um, in front of a guy that I respect. 
and move on and see what else we can get out of it. And and this is what we're doing now. And it's this not the end of the world, man. It's it's life, and and it's very real and it's very raw. Um, but th those are the lessons that we need to learn. And man, if we're not learning those lessons, if we're still putting the fork in the in the electrical socket, we we have no one else to blame it ourselves. Like sometimes shit comes at you, right? You break your back, you go through this, you know, really bad experience, whatever, um, and and we can get caught up focusing on that. And I wish I could have changed this. I wish this would have gone a different way, but it doesn't do us any good. That's the the worst way to deal with yeah. trauma is just to stay in the past and wish I could, you know. But you have to realize that, man, those things made you who you are. It sucks and it's, it's unfortunate that you had to experience, but there's no changing it. You wouldn't be who you are today had you not gone through all these things. So to waste time in regret and what if this changed, you know, what if, yeah. what if my dad had stuck around, you know? I mean, even something to five days ago, I sliced my Achilles tendon. I've got 10 stitches in my ankle right now because I was riding a stupid one wheel board. I never should have been on the first place. Mm. Slice I mean, I think they're made for guys that are like 6'6 six, six and... Oh, yeah, seven. totally. Um, but was in Texas for six days for Total Archery Challenge. Mm -hmm. Did a whole bunch of stuff down there for work. Mm -hmm. Came back, super anxious about getting back to work. And I sliced my ankle open the first hour of being home. Super nervous about getting back after it. Not working for a few days. Mm -hmm. Need to get it. And instead of being, oh, God, how's my life? What... I did instead is we finally got our business shit together. Mm. Sat down with my wife for three days while I was on the couch letting my foot start to heal up. We got a calendar. We got, I made a whole bunch of phone calls, including you of, hey, I'm really sorry. I got super swamped. I forgot we had this coming yep. up. Let me eat my humble pie, mm -hmm. apologize, rebuild those relationships yep. that I burned for no other reason than I just got busy. So it's all about what, what can you make? Yeah. And now I have a huge weight off my shoulder because I'm the most organized I've ever been to date. Sure. Because of those three days, mm -hmm. because of those three days that I was down. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's really interesting and not to get too uh, mystical with this, right? But, but life has a really interesting way of forcing us to learn the lessons we need to learn. Um, whether that's you know some external force or some inter internal force where it's like, man, if you don't listen to your body, your body is gonna find a way to get your attention, right? If you're not listening to you know whatever higher power you want to attribute thing, it's gonna find a way to grab your attention, right? And it's not all, usually if we have to wait to that point, it's not always the way that we want it to, but. Well, it know. goes back to those focus points, like mm. getting re-centered, like, because for you and me especially, it's go, 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 yeah, go. Yeah. You need those moments. You need those date nights. You need those times of I'm going out with the boys, leaving my phone for 24 hours. Sure. We're going to go barbecue, shoot some arrows, do whatever it is. You need those center mm -hmm. points. That's what blacksmithing did. Then when blacksmithing became a job, it turned into archery. I got into archery a few weeks ago, and that's my new recenter. It's my step away sling some arrows yeah no and you, you literally did that in here you were working on this knife and you got to the point where it's like all right this is the really critical part when we're trying to get the blade to this point and it's like man if you screw it up it's it's real bad so the amount of con and i could see it man you had the, the amount of concentration that you had to pour in 
in doing that component because not everyone does it. That's the hard way, right? That's the really elite, skilled um, craftsman, blacksmith way of doing it. And then after you had to do a quick decompress before we started this, you went like, all right, let me go sling three arrows. And I was like, holy shit, man, that's really cool. The fact that you have that sensitivity and you can feel and know, all right, man, I'm bubbling up. I've got to do something to decompress. You know, and I wonder how many of us are missing that. And we just, you could have just charged forward, right? We could have just jumped right into this podcast and just kept pedal down. But, but you lose, you lose that focus. You lose that centering you. You have to take those moments for yourself. You know, for me now, when we go to bed, the cell phone goes outside the room. Yeah. That's something my wife and I just started doing. We don't go to bed with our phones in the room because then we play on our phones, we do this. You roll over in the morning, first thing you do, look at that phone. Totally. You see something you don't like on Instagram, it gets you going. Mm-hmm. Within the first five minutes of the and day. And your day is fucked. Done. You have set. It's all, I don't mm-hmm. touch my phone until I get, wake up, have my coffee, get my food, come to work, get situated, check my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with going to bed. It's doing those things in your life that you can, everyone's connected to everything. You have to disconnect. And especially guys like us who have such a busy schedule, we work so hard, we will kill ourselves. Yep. And that's something that I had a really bad health scare a few weeks ago where my body was essentially shutting down mm-hmm. from stress, from heart rate, from working 80 90 hours because when i first moved out here it was i've got to get back yeah totally and it was okay step back Mm -hmm. so it's just it's a lot of stuff that people don't talk about or people feel like well it's not cool for guys to talk about like you know we we want to talk about well yeah we want to talk about we 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 applaud and we look up to and we idolize the guys it's all about the fucking grind hashtag no days off you know what I mean? It's like, and you forget that self care, that help, that totally. Going. I've been in therapy for seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, doing that, I started a journal thanks uh, to Terry Hewen. You know, unbelievable human, badass. You know, Navy SEAL, whole nine yards. He convinced me to start keeping a journal, and I write in a journal when I wake up. I write in a journal when I go to bed, and it's not, dear diary. This was. It's literally some days it's a list or yeah. things I want to do or accomplish or mm-hmm. I had a really bad day and I'm just like, whoa, yeah, yeah. you know, and I just go to town. It's doing those things to make you a better person, father, husband, business owner, all around. You have to take those step backs. You have to take those mm-hmm. moments. You know, you have to take those weekends off yep. to spend with the family because when you're healthy all the way around, you're going to be better in all aspects. You can help more people. For yep. me, one of the things that I struggle with the most is I, I truly mean this with all my heart. I don't want to get any bigger. I don't want to get famous. Sure. I don't want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go somewhere, two or three people know who I am, and I can have two or three 30, 40 minute conversations yeah. that mean something. Not a hundred people of, that are hey, really in line. Take a photo, have a good day on your way. Yeah. It's, I like those moments. I like those taking a step back mm-hmm. and enjoying it. Totally. Instead of going so fast that everybody knows everything and then now you can never have those moments yep. because I don't want to get through life and just die with a million dollars and have some massive knife business and all this and I didn't get to be around for my children. I didn't get all this. Yeah, maybe they're rich and they get to go to college and do whatever. But I know that I wouldn't have traded anything for those moments with my dad and Mm -hmm. losing him made me even more of who I am, especially as a father. Yeah. 
and know what's important in life. Mm-hmm. And finding those things that can recenter. I tell everybody, find that one thing that you can get away. Fly fishing, fighting. Yeah, and, and, it, and that's and if the key. That and it turns into a job, like fighting turned into a job. Yeah, yeah. Find something else now. Yep. Night, blacksmithing was my therapy. I could go tinker in the shop. It's a job. I yep. love it. Mm-hmm. It's my passion. I still have that therapeutic focus, but it's a job. Yep. So now I need something else that I can step away. Uh-huh. I found archery. Which is archery. Yeah, totally. So now my, my thing is inverse, inverse where, okay, fighting was my job, and then I started Savage Gentleman as my catharsis. Then Savage Gentleman became my job. Now I'm going back and, and doing jiu-jitsu and, and all these you know combat sports things as now my, my release, wow. my outlet. Um, and then that's the key is, look, maybe it's blacksmithing, maybe it isn't, maybe it's fighting, maybe it, find your thing. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's, it's whatever activity or practice brings you back to center, right? That you can really, you can, man, you can breathe. And I think you forget to breathe. And passion bleeds through. Yes. Like people can see when someone's passionate mm-hmm. about something. I was very blessed to make a living doing this. It's something that not a lot of, I know a lot of blacksmiths that have more skill in their pinky nails than I do in my whole body that aren't as blessed as I am mm-hmm. to have the partnerships, to have the voice, to have the social media. And it bums me out that they don't get, that they work three jobs and then tinker and put out one or two knives a month. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started doing collaborations and stuff to try to help highlight those guys to hopefully give them an opportunity because I see that passion. They might just not know how to run an Instagram or how to get their name out sure. there or how to do that back to community. Mm-hmm. It's just a big circle, man. Yep. And when you were centered and when you figure that out, you don't realize how much you can help people around you. Totally. And when you're off of that, right, when you're when you're out of that zone or whatever you want to call it, some people, you know, vibration or, or however, like, you conceptualize it. When you're not in that space, man, you really, you can't help anybody. You know, and so I think that's the thing where we can get to a point in life where we're just bumping into everything. We're just hitting our head on the wall and we feel stuck because you are, because you're doing the same shit. And so you need to change. You need to start looking around and, okay, how can I, how can I correct this? And it may be simple. It could be something really, really small as, you know, going for a walk or writing in a journal or meditation or finding a hobby. There's so many ways to pursue it, but you have to pursue it. If you're going to be you're going to lead a life of uh, I think you know really value both for yourself and for others you have to find a way to get to that point and sometimes there's that there's situations in your life where man it's fucked it's really messed up and the you're just in survival mode right yeah. and and then you, you do you just have to get through that right but part of that process is starting to figure out okay how do I get myself through this Right, the the idea of like, man, no one's coming to save you, kind of a thing. It's like, man, this is that part where, yeah, there is some self-made components. However, to really get pulled through, we need to have those other people. Like, I have to, I, you can't do it for me, but man, you can be a big hope. There's a there's a part that I have to do for myself, and then if I can get that ten percent, man, a, a really strong advocate can pull me the other ninety. Yep. Right, and so putting those pieces in place, figuring out all those things, finding those people, finding that passion, man, that that is the secret if there is such a thing, right? And it's it's different for everyone too. Like no one can follow your path and get to where they're 
they're doing the same. It's not going to happen. You've got to follow your own path. You got to follow your own, and you can use other people to like model and inspire. And 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 you're going to have to, but it's going to have to be your own unique way. And that's what's been really cool about seeing and and following and being a part of this process for years. Like, man, you're fucking doing it. You know, you're you're going carving your own path, and it's really cool to watch. It's really cool to be. A part of it. it's really inspiring because it's like there's so and we've talked about it before it's like man there's stuff that you're doing like oh that's a good reminder i need to do that too you know i mean i look at it as bowling with bumpers like i could go perfect never touch one of the bumpers mm-hmm. get a perfect strike everything's good but i can have that confidence to do that because i know i got some bumpers on me yeah i know that if i go a little far here or a little far there i got someone that could be like hey bump. I can give you a little boop, get yep. you back online. It's like, I have the skill. The bumpers aren't the reason I just got a strike. I could still miss every pain. Sure. You know, it could sling it all the way over here. But it's nice to know that I'm not going to end in that gutter and never hit anything. Yeah. So it's just having those little bumpers, which is my community mm-hmm. and, and my brotherhood and sisterhood. You know, yep. it's just, I don't know. It's a pretty, it's a pretty rad thing to have those in life. And to have those kind of guidelines. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really grateful to be counted amongst those people. I'm, I'm I'm thankful to have you as that bumper on my end as well. Um, for for the folks who are listening and watching, um, obviously Grizzly Forge is yes, your sir. handle for social media. Uh, grizzlyforge.com. Yep. So uh, thegrizzlyforge.com okay. is the website. Uh, Instagram's Grizzly Forge. Grizzly underscore Forge. Um, and that's it, because I despise all social media with nice. every bone in my body. Good for you. But that's it, brother. Awesome, man. Well, and keep an eye out for these knives. These scalpels will be coming out soon. This is the very first of the series, and we're going to be getting these um, at some point. Soon. Soonish. Soon. Whenever. So be patient. As you saw, if you go back and watch the video of the making of it's a process this isn't just something that that happens overnight no nope. there's a lot of time and and energy and passion poured into these things and they're trust me they're going to be worth the wait so just me doing all of this yeah. nobody else i'm blessed to have a, a very new apprentice but uh no it's just me doing every single bit of this my wife does all the fulfillment and shipping and the business side mm-hmm. of things but yeah, it's just me following my dream and having fun making knives. It's really cool, man. Well, thanks for in- inviting me in here, letting me come in and uh, get just a, a, a taste of what it is that you're doing, get to we'll experience do a lot that. More of these too. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Thanks. It's always a pleasure. To talk. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Hell yeah! Awesome. Yeah, man. All right, Fingers crossed. Still recording.